Welcome! Y saludos, amigos! A nuestra presentación, Revenge of the Pod, a pop culture pod primarily focused on television, film, some pop culture, some sports. We even throw a little bit of music in there. Uh, I'm your host, Luigi, and this is my co-host. Jason, what's up, everybody? Glad to have you back for a special episode this week. Uh, no guest today. Um, I don't know if that's weird for you guys, but yeah, no, no guest today. It's just us. Hopefully it's enough. Just us as in that's all you need, guys. That's all you need. Really, you, me and Jason are all you need, but sometimes we give you, give you a little extra on top. Uh, as Jason said, this is an amazing episode today. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to catch you guys up on with shows. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about film, but really the big episode on film was yesterday, or yesterday, last week, uh, was last week. So we'll get into it. Jason, concession stands, what kind of snacks you got for me today, buddy? Not much, man. Just kept it really chill this this past weekend. Been helping my my parents with uh, the move. They closed out on a, on a rental home, so been kind of helping them with that. They're not too tech savvy, right? And everything's like all electronic signatures, setting up electric water, you know, like helping them set up all that stuff out. Uh, shout out to my homie Manny. Uh, he's in our dynasty league for football, fantasy football. Uh, he's a realtor, so uh, he helped us out. He does some rentals, uh, so he helped out my parents a lot because he speaks Spanish. So it was very nice to have that, made their transition very easy. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. thankful for him. So shout out to him. I don't know if he listens, but if he is, love you, Manny. What about you, brother? Uh, for me, honestly, it's been a pretty chill week. I was just getting my classroom ready for my students to come in. I'm excited for it. I've got a bit of a jungle slash uh, explorer theme going. Uh, been seeing my coworkers once again and kind of getting back into the groove of everything. Uh, that's been about it for me. I did get to grill another spatchcock citrus herb chicken. Fantastic. And a Ooh. pretty good, uh, God, I don't even know what you would call it. It was like a, <laughs> a blackened teriyaki skirt steak is what you would I, it, it was a concoction it was a concoction but it was delicious it yeah was, you sent pictures that she looked bomb as heck and i thought it was overcooked but no that's just because the marinade sunk into it so it made the meat look darker but as i got closer to the center it was still pretty pink so i was like burr, burr. actually uh right here i have my salsa guac here on the side to a little, a little <laughs> snack, snack on, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not good. It doesn't look good. It's in a bowl, but I made way too much. Uh, but there's no such thing. There's no such thing. That that's, true. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I did have some news for you, Jason. So one of the things I did want to talk about uh, is Disney is stopping physical releases in Australia. Now you're wondering, one, I know we have one listener in Australia, so that affects you, Australia listener. But... How does it affect everyone else? Well, my question is, one, do you think this is going to start happening in other places, namely the United States? Two, what kind of effect do you think that's going to have on ownership and accessibility of different titles? Because it's already getting harder to access certain titles. I feel like this could really take it in a bad direction. Did they say why they were pulling away from Australia? Australia has some of the lowest physical media sales anywhere for some reason. Most people there do streaming. Uh, they're not buying anything anymore. I think Americans still uh, comparably might have a higher value on property, right? Like having a physical copy as property. So I think that might be the difference. Smaller uh, population size as well. Oh, okay, so they're still like available for like streaming purposes and stuff. You can stream them, yeah. You can still stream. Like, no, like you can't buy a, a Blu-ray and whatnot. You can't buy a Blu-ray, anything like that. Movie theaters, whatever. I wonder if you can still buy it like through Vudu. The article I read didn't specify on uh, purchasing streamed options, right? Like I have a streaming library that I have purchased. Uh, I don't know if that's still going to be an option or not. Interesting. Huh. Well, I mean, hey, I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? If, if you're not profiting on that, they're, they're they're trying to save some money. So save on that cost if no one's going to buy physical copies. I mean, honestly, I haven't bought a physical copy in a long ass time. 
I don't know if you have for certain movies. I'm sure you have. Surprisingly, like, no. And there are some that I wish I had. Like, for example, I want physical copies of Spider-Man, my favorite. Um, but no, I've just been buying through Voodoo. So it's still digital copy, but it is my property. Again, if it's not, if you're not going to be able to get uh, your, you're not going to be able to get it through uh, Voodoo even, that's going to be an interesting thing for me. It just, yeah. to me, it goes back to the question of like what corporations are going to allow us to, to see and not see. Because up until the 1980s, uh, video cassettes weren't even a thing either, and you could not watch something unless they put it on TV, right? And we're going to be looking at the same thing. The only time we're going to get to watch something, and it'll be random, right? I know this is like a little thing, but the idea of having it as your want, if you want to buy something, you should be able to buy it, right? You should have the right to buy it as your property. Um, it's interesting that they're keeping that without purchase. I don't know how that's going to work out. I feel like a lot of titles could die out that way, right? Like pe people who are fans of certain things just are never going to see something again, and that's how fandoms die. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the uh, It's funny you say that. I have a digital copy of uh, – do you remember Rocket Power on Nickelodeon? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have I have the uh, digital copies of that. Like I, I bought that on my Xbox, and it's, it, it goes on my – I bought a lot of stuff that can transfer to my movies anywhere except for my TV shows. Mm -hmm. So I have the Batman animated series. I have Rocket Power. I have Kenan and Kel. It's some weird ass. Yeah, definitely. Diff but I can't watch them anywhere except on my Xbox. So I think it's. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. So like, if you're you you're at the mercy of Xbox, right? <laughs> yeah, Microsoft. If one day they decide to say, you know what, you can't watch anything that you purchased unless you have Xbox Live. Well, then I'd want my money back. Uh, this is a good amount. They have to give you your money back. Is yeah, it's at least a thousand, at least maybe more. No, I hear you. I have uh, <laughs> the child <laughs> in me is coming out right now. I have Samurai Jack. I've got Batman oh, the Animated yeah. Series. I've got X Men '92, and then some documentaries on my Voodoo. And if Voodoo, if Voodoo decided, you know what, we're selling off. Uh, all your movies are gone. I, I wouldn't know what to do. I would be like, oh shit, what do I do? Dude, <laughs> I was so I was, went down. Yeah, dude, I was so pissed when like streaming services like popped up because like I was really pretty proud of my collection when I was buying movies. They're like, oh yeah, you can't watch this anywhere. So I just bought the digital copies because and now I can watch it anytime I want. And then these streaming services are like, oh, we got Disney Plus now. So all my fucking Marvel and Disney fucking movies that I bought, I can just go on to Disney. Plus and, and other movies, you know, but it's 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 frustrating. So, I was frustrated. I'm still frustrated. I try not to think about it, but hey, whatever. Streaming services, you, you get access to a lot of movies now and all shows and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, we still watch a lot of uh, Disney originals, uh, TV shows that we grew up on. I, I know I'm not going to talk about them much because I know you didn't grow up on them, but the ones that I grew up on, I get to see those shows. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, like, uh, That's So Raven with uh, Raven Simone. I heard about it. Heard yeah, about so it. I know you heard about it, but, yeah, like, we watch that every now and then. Recess, the show, the cartoon show that I always talk about, you know, stuff like that, you know, just that I can watch back because I have access to it. Man, if if there was no Disney Plus and I have access to Recess, the cartoon series, I probably would have bought it by now on my Microsoft account, so... Yeah, so my I'm gonna I'm gonna be keeping a lookout to see if they also start to well if they also stop doing digital purchases as well, and only allow you to see their content through streamers, trying to drive up streaming numbers. Because at the end of the day, that's what they're gonna try to do, right? These yeah, you probably you should probably make a note about that. So if you do some research on it, maybe we can update the listeners out there for next week. Yeah, we'll keep you guys updated on whether or not they're doing they're doing away with digital. Again, this is only starting in Australia, so Australia listeners, uh, sorry to you guys if you like your physical copies. If you're like, nah, I'm fine with streaming, this doesn't affect you. But for us Americans, we're like, I want my property. Losers. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll keep you updated on how all that's going. Uh, I had another question for you. Now, this... This kind of is going to give you a hint as to how I felt about it. But after watching Secret Invasion, I asked myself a specific question that I thought was pretty good for concession stands. Okay. The question is, 
has the age of superheroes come to an end in cinema? What do you think, Jason? Um, well, the, considering the fact that I haven't watched Quantumanium and I has, haven't finished watching Secret Invasion, <clears throat> and I'm not too excited about uh, the Marvel movie coming up. You didn't watch The Flash. You didn't watch Shazam. I still haven't watched The Flash. I still haven't watched Shazam. Um, you didn't watch Black Adam either, right? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. I don't watch Black Adam either. And you don't plan to watch Blue Beetle? I want to, but like, like, do I? am I going to go see it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's one of those, like, I'm not really too excited to want to go see in a theater now. So I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I think, I think it's kind of falling off, I guess. So I, I mean, for me, I, I guess like, uh, I, cause I'm not like a, like, I love superhero movies. Don't get me wrong. But like some of the, some of the product that has been coming out, it has been a little lackluster. I mean, if, if we're going to be completely honest, right. I don't think yeah. I'm wrong in this one. No, absolutely. Even some of the shows, I would say Marvel has come out with some decent shows, right? Like last year, they had some decent shows. But the films and the DC films just have not. Listen, we're fans here on the pod, but it's not. They're not great. They're not great. <laughs> they're not uh, anything special. I think Shazam 2 was a huge drop off from the first one. The Flash had its issues. It was a lot of fun. I still defend that people should watch it. Um, you know. There was someone in that movie who probably shouldn't be making money off of it. But, you know, it was a fun movie to watch. Um, I will say that it's just the quality has gone down. I mean, if you think about it from 2008, right? 2008 was really when superhero movies blew up. Both Iron The Dark Knight and Iron Man. The Dark Knight, yeah. yeah. Those two movies came out that year, and they just blew the top open. And we got a decade of a lot of really good Marvel, mostly Marvel movies. I mean, you can even maybe go back as far as Sony Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Yeah, there's there's some more gaps between those, right? We only yeah, but I think like I feel like that greenlit like Iron Man and and, and them to make recreate Batman again. Um, yeah, I, if we want to go back, yeah, you're right. We could even go back to the 90s with like 89's Batman, right? Like 89's Batman, then we get the Batman animated series, then halfway through we get Blade. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it was 99 or 2000 when we got finally got X-Men and 2002 with well, Spider-Man. Now that you mentioned Blade, I heard uh, – I was reading like this like crazy like story. Uh, I can't remember the user who it was. It was a YouTuber. Uh, was talking about like how Blade, uh, um, what, what's the actor's name? Wesley Snipes. Uh, his films pretty much saved Marvel because uh, that's when they were like selling their stuff to like Sony and stuff like that, and like how they were able to keep uh, Spider Man and all, uh, and I mean all their other stuff like Iron Man, and all this stuff before they sold and completely went bankrupt. Um, because it was such a success, Blade and Wesley Snipes movie, they were able to create enough money to create Marvel Studios so they can make movies. That's how much of a success that the Blade series was. <laughs> if you really think about it, the first movie was actually pretty cool. Uh, second one was awesome. Uh, it was pretty sweet too. The third one's kind of trash, but you know, like we went to go one. see it. You know, yeah, I haven't seen the third one. Um, you know, a lot of that too. Blade must have kept them afloat, but they did end up sending sp selling Spider Man and X Men, which yeah. also fed their studios. And did you know that they had actually? Also sold Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America, but, but the rights went back to them because the studios that had bought them, I think it was Paramount, actually. Said no, right? They're like, we don't want it. <laughs> no, they took too long to make a movie. Their their film got stuck in development hell. And usually oh. these deals, you have to make a movie within a certain amount of time. Oh, and within the contract or not, they get it back. Which is why they still didn't have the rights to make a Hulk movie because they actually did make Hulk Oh yeah, because uh, Fox right fucked around and and did the thing. Yeah, well, Fox was X Men. Universal did the Hulk. Oh, 20th century terrible Eric Bana Hulk movie. That was yeah, so that was terrible. Although I will say, every time I saw the scene, the scene with the dogs, I was entertained. Uh, the Incredible <laughs> Hulk was good, the one with uh, Edward Norton. I that was that, good. that was Marvel Studios. What second film? Right? It came out after Iron Man, or was that Captain America? came out after Iron Man, I think. Yeah, so that was the golden age, and we're, we just saw 
This drop-off. To me, it's a drop-off, and they have so much money. But the CGI doesn't look as good. The actors are just, like, telegraphing their lines now. Like, you could tell they don't care about being in these movies anymore. Which yeah, before, it was different. Yeah. Like, Keith Evans really did a good fucking job in those films. Robert Downey Jr., say less. You know what I mean? Tom Holland still acting his ass off. Yeah, he went on to do better things, you know, with bigger explosions. Uh, the biggest. The biggest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm starting to feel the winds of change, especially after Barbenheimer. Check out our episode, episode 66. Uh, oh, by the way, I almost forgot to mention, we are presented by Room 303 Network, guys. <laughs> I, I was going to mention that, but I don't want to cut off your groove. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I really need to need to memorize that we're presenting your network um but yeah i i just see a drop off in quality and what i'm seeing is that audiences aren't as excited as they were before like you're not getting the casual movie goer anymore you know casual movie goers were like oh i gotta go see this movie oh i gotta go see this movie no well, i think i i agree with you on that because i think after a while it does kind of get repetitive superhero movies so mm -hmm. And they tried just tried to just bombard it with too much, although we love it. But it's crazy to say that, right? Because we're like, give us some more superhero movies in the beginning, and now we're like, all right, hey, cool it down, take your time on these films. Because we thought we thought you were going to do better. We thought you were going to do better. Yeah. Go back, go back. Yeah. Uh, and also, man, like I kind of just miss like the originality in films, dude. Like I'm also tired of Disney doing live action remakes. Like I, I know uh, people who have been. I still haven't seen The Little Mermaid, but I've heard it was great. But Dude, they're making a live-action remake of something else. I forgot what it was uh, that we oh, just saw. Which one? Snow White. Snow White, yeah, with uh, just seven people. Snow White and seven people. Not even dwarves. Um, just people? Yeah, just just people, which uh, I think uh, Peter Dinklage was pretty upset that uh, they were going to have dwarves. And he's like, no, like... There's times that change and blah, blah, blah. But other, other, uh, I don't even know what the word for it is. Uh, I'm sure people were pretty upset. And I was like, no, like those are our roles that we, we need. We're like, it's hard to get work as it is. And you're going to take away like something that, 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 that was written for us. Like what the fuck? That's messed dwarves, up. Dwarves are fictional characters. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. Like dwarves, the dwarves that you see in, in Snow White are not, are not, little people you know what i mean like here's not... my thinking peter dinklage was probably just like nah we can't have other um uh dwarf characters out there because that that's seven characters so maybe seven actors will come up and the, they'll steal my jobs because they might have great acting performances and there goes my jobs i don't know <laughs> that's just my thought i don't know and he I could be wrong dwarves. he could be one of the dwarves so they're just regular sized regular height people yeah that's whack that's yeah whack. it's kind of weird Think about it. Yeah, uh, they didn't have this problem in Lord of the Rings. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it either. But, um, but yeah, I'm tired of these remakes, and it's just like they're not being as creative as they should be. Um, but who knows? Maybe it's because you know now you have the writer strike. It's like, well, maybe you can negotiate. It's like, ah, okay, but like you're making remakes, you're not really writing great stuff. I know intellectual property is taken over. Have you noticed? So. I kind of wanted to, obviously, we're, we're meandering a little bit here, so we'll go back to the main subject in a moment. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my but, bad. No, 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 you're good. But I, I did want to say, in the commercial for Wish by Disney, and then in the commercial for DreamWorks' new project about the, the family of ducks, those are both original products, right? Original stories. And did you see what they have in those previews? From the studios that brought you, and then they start listing all of the movies that they have made that are successes because audiences, they think audiences aren't going to want to see something original. I feel like, I feel like audiences do in fact love original stories. Uh, they just like having a built-in audience that they know is going to go to the movie no matter what. Like, yeah. you Marvel, like you do with DC, even with Barbie, right? Barbie is an intellectual property. Now I would say that's still an original story because there's never been a Barbie movie, like live action for a movie studio made for for theaters, right? There's never been a Barbie movie like that. I agree. Uh, yep. But I would see I would give that one an original story. I just 
I don't understand why studios aren't giving more of those chances. I feel like we're oversaturated with properties that have had multiple stories. And I love multiple stories. Like I love hanging out in the same world and finding out more. When we talked about Dungeons and Dragons, I was like, I want to be in this world more. I want them to make more movies or shows where I can, you know, hang out in this world with these characters. But that doesn't mean that I don't want an original story. I've been looking for that exactly. lately, actually. Yeah, like Oppenheimer, a Barbie. Yeah, even though Oppenheimer is like kind of based off something real, like we get a different perspective of, about it, and it's just very creative. And I, I didn't know I wanted to see a movie about the guy that created the atomic bomb, like, and have it probably be one of the best movies of the year. You know, like I, I didn't know I wanted that. And um, it was fantastic. I mean, it's it probably, was, yeah, it was different from everything else that we've seen. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once last year. That was very different. Um, been reading more about Michelle Yeoh, and she's popping up freaking everywhere. Um, I just recently found out that uh, she was in a Super Cop uh, 3 with Jackie Chan. Uh, and in one of those stunts, she actually almost died. Because uh, as we know, young Michelle Yeoh was a fucking badass and did all her stunts with, and she was in a lot of films with Jackie Chan. Uh, but there was this car scene where she actually falls off, but there was cars behind her and she almost got ran over. And Jackie Chan was freaking out. Like, and it was a cut scene that they showed like in one of the outtakes. Uh, but yeah, she almost died. Um, crazy. And she even speaks about that. Like, oh, what were some of the craziest stunts? And like, she's, words from her mouth, not mine. And, and she said, yeah, I was like, that was probably the most dangerous stunt I ever did because I probably could have gotten really injured. Um, maybe even died. So um, shout out to her, man. Yeah. Um, back to, back to um, Marvel and DC superhero movies going the way of the Western. Yeah. I don't think it'll be fully the way of the Western. I don't just because superhero movies have a, an audience that's never going to go away, which is children. Um, I, and like huge comic book fans, right? But you're not going to see, I don't think we're going to see those billion dollar movies anywhere near as much unless it's a really big character. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fewer and far between. And we saw Marvel scaling back already. We know DC has scaled back with all the moves that Zaslav is doing, uh, which again, we'll talk about soon. Uh, I just, I don't see... I don't see superheroes coming back the way they did, it, the way they were in 2019 at their height, I would say. Even even to the beginning years of it, with the excitement around the films, there's no more excitement around these movies. And I hate saying that. I love I love superhero stuff, but I think I think we're seeing the winds of change, Jason. Hollywood, stop overusing IP. We don't need to see that much of it. I hate saying yeah. that. I love getting more, more content. But if it's not going to be good, then don't don't put it out. At, at the end of the day, man, it's all money and what they can push out, right? So, mm -hmm. if it's working, they're like, "All right, let's let's make more of this." Unfortunately, that's yeah. that's just the sad truth. That's the way it goes. All right, let's get into trailers. Jason, you got any trailers for us? Um, I think I do. I have, oh yes. Some sad news. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, the second, the uh, part two of, uh, what, what's called beyond the universe is what's going to be called. Uh, beyond the Spider-Verse. Beyond the Spider-Verse, right. The, that, that the, what the third one's going to be yeah. part two, the second one across the Spider-Verse or into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse, beyond, beyond the Spider-Verse. Yes. Okay. So this one, we had a release date uh, that was going to be in March 20 of 2024 uh, for the part two of this film. It is now delayed because of the SAG strike, the actor strike. So we don't know. And there's a bunch of other films that are being delayed and shows that are being delayed. We knew it was going to happen, but it, it just kind of hurts to see it, you know? You know, uh, again... I think a slowdown in content might not be the worst thing. Uh, the market is oversaturated with ideas, as we mentioned. Yeah, and I know you have something to talk about Barbie, so I kind of want to get, because I have a little update on Barbie for you. Uh, this is Margot Robbie's highest grossing film uh, oh, in the box office, officially. As that's of, right. As of Monday. Weekend 2 of Barbie broke a Warner Brothers weekend to record of 92 million. The previous one was Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight at 75 million. So it did beat it by a good amount. 
Um, it also beat out every other movie in the theater again. Haunted Mansion uh, premiered last week with 24 million. Oppenheimer came out with 46 million. So we we're seeing we're still seeing a lot of people go to the movies and they're going to these films again, Hollywood, that are not overused IP. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, I mean, one of them is definitely hard hardcore merchandising, but the story's good, so I'm gonna let it slide. Yeah, no, uh, so yeah, good, good for Margot Robbie and uh, good f- for the storyline. Uh, more I think about it, the more better it is for the, you know the, the the female product, you know. So uh, glad people are showing support, and um, hopefully more movies like this. Uh, as far as um, you know, Barbie and just like uh, women empowerment, that you know, it's cool. Uh, but like, uh, not in your face, kind of, right? I don't know. Yeah, I just liked the. It was a good comedy, man. Yeah, a- yeah, that too. Yeah, just original and. Just something everyone can get into, you know. Yeah, that was that was my thing. Like, I'm still, I'm still uh, copying some of the things that Ken does in that movie because it's so fucking hilarious. Man, I wish I had another pair of glasses to put on top of my glasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Oh god. All right. Let's let's not get too into the Barbie thing again. Let's let's move. Keep it, keep it, keep it moving. Uh, but I do give it a Ken out of Ken. See what I did there. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, maybe the last one for today. I don't know. Maybe you might get some more, guys. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, I did want to quickly talk about some of the trailers and things that are out now. First off, season two of This Fool is out now. Jason's going to talk about the first episode in a bit. Uh, Haunting in Venice comes out this September. That's part of the Hercule Poirot series by Agatha Christie, if I'm not mistaken. The Murder Mysteries, this one looks like it's supposed to be a ghost haunting, but obviously there's a good chance it could still end up being a murder mystery. Uh, Haunted Mansion came out. If you don't have kids, don't check it out. If you've got kids, go. It's it's fun enough. It's fun enough. Um, and Reservation Dogs comes out this, I think, Thursday? It might be Thursday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Uh, actually, Wednesday. This week. August 2nd. <laughs> August 2nd. Yeah, yeah. So that might be out by the time you guys see this. Check it out. Reservation Dog Season 3. Uh, that's all I have, Jason. You got any other trailers for us? Yes. Uh, another thing that comes out August 2nd, just a friendly reminder, I'm probably going to watch it this weekend. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated film. I'm excited for that. It I've been watching good. the yeah, the little skits and just – it looks like fun, man. It, it really does. It looks really well written. written. Uh, so I, I really want to watch it. You know, it's it's interesting to me. I feel like they've done pretty well with the Ninja Turtles property. Like the shows are all pretty solid. The movies have been decent. I mean, even the – Michael Bay? The Michael Bay movies? They were okay. I didn't see the they're second okay. one. They're all right. I mean, I enjoyed I like that them. one scene when they're in the elevator and they're like starting to create the beats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just. I enjoyed them more than I enjoyed the Transformers, Michael Bay. Oh, speaking of Ninja Turtles, uh, they're thinking about doing a live action or or a movie or a show. I can't remember, based off the Last Ronin comic book. Cool. Yeah, and so they're thinking it's going to be very dark. Uh, obviously, uh, for the listeners out there, don't read the comics. Uh, the Last Ronin is actually a comic book based off of. Um, in the future, uh, so the, the turtles are older. Well, actually, the turtle is older. Spoiler alert here. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. Yes. Uh, so this turtle, we don't know who he is because um, he wears black instead of his, his original color. Um, we said spoiler alert. You could say who it is. Yeah, spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, but, well, I, I just want to kind of paint the picture. He is trying to get vengeance back because uh, on the people that killed uh, his three brothers. So three of the turtles are dead. Uh, uh, Splinter is also dead as well, old man, you know, and um, you come to find out who he is. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting because you see this character and you see he's torn. He's about to commit suicide, um, like to kill himself because he feels like he let down his brothers and stuff like that. Like, it's pretty dark. It goes really into like um, his brothers are even talking to him in his head, like while you're reading the comic book. Um, And it's just about him trying to get vengeance for his brother. Uh, I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I want to tell anybody this. Uh, 
I think I'll, 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 I'll leave it for a surprise to, to listeners out there if they do if they do end up making this show or movie or or guys get the comic books. <laughs> yeah, get the comics, guys. They are good stories. These are some pretty solid storylines that they have. But uh, I'd be I'd be super hyped if they did greenlit that. So, but okay. uh, right now it's kind of on pause, right? Because of the strike. So everything's on pause. <laughs> <laughs> Every every project you hear about is not going anywhere until that strike is over. Um, all right, let's see. That's all I had. So pretty excited about that Ninja Turtle movie. Go check it out, guys. We're going to go into TV land. And Jason, tell us about this full episode one. I have not gotten to watch it yet, so I definitely want to hear what you had to say about the first episode of this full season two. Yeah, this full season two, episode one. And it's just, cousin Luis up to bro. Uh, cousin Luis, bro. He uh, he has that job as a security guard, and uh, he has his own place now. Uh, at the end of season one, I think we, uh, the the nonprofit place that they were working at. Uh, hugs, not thugs. Yeah, hugs, not thugs. Uh, well, <laughs> it's not Luis. Who's the main character? Julio. Uh, really? Obviously, he lost his job, and he he just broke up with his girlfriend, and like he's just. I think he's going through it mentally, bro. Like I just feel like he did, he has nothing going on for himself and he just kind of just gave up. And I think that's how we end in season one. Uh, so in season two, he's actually living with Luis because Luis got his own place now. <laughs> and he has a job. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of, dude, I kind of hate, I hate Julio, bro. He is, he makes terrible choices. He makes a lot of terrible mistakes. And like he, like in this whole episode, he's just kind of, he's just like, he's just giving up pretty much. And Luis is like, man, get, get a job, fool, blah, blah, blah. And then like, you just see Luis um, kind of still trying to um, life out of prison type of thing. Right. He's, he's like, so used to like being in prison and he just doesn't understand like certain things are. So he meets a girl. Uh, so he's going to go out on a date with her. Uh, so, cause uh, he, he spoke to someone like, you got to settle down type of thing. Um, and this whole episode's about a, a rooster and like how people are annoyed about that rooster, but it's a metaphor for Julio or people are annoyed with the rooster. Like it, it's a metaphor of that. Right. Um, so at the end that they're going to try and kill the rooster because it's waking them up early in the morning. Cause it's in the neighborhood. And then like Julio saves them at the end. Um, but you get to see some, uh, uh other Hispanic comedians that, um, that we, we, we come to grow up, not grow up with, but like, we just know as Hispanic people, you know, we love representing our Hispanics. So, uh, Felipe, uh, freak Felipe. Gonzalez. Esparza, I'm sorry. Esparza is in this episode. Um, there's actually another, uh, famous, not, I won't say famous. Mm, yeah. He's pretty, he's, he's verified. He has a lot of followers. His name is a Luis Gonzalez, Leo Gonzalez on TikTok. Hilarious dude. I actually met him in Vegas. Um, Jamie and I, we were, we went to like this festival and he was there. We ran into him and dude, it was weird. Well, I went to the bathroom, but uh, Jamie had gone up to him. And was like, "Hey, you're you're Leo from TikTok, right?" Uh, so he and he was a really nice, dude. Uh, but he does like these skit TikTok videos of just like your basic like Hispanic growing up, like a- as kids, you know. Like you just know that one person. Like he is like spot on of like how like uh, Hispanic Latino kids are like near the border, right? And like how they act, right? It- it's just hilarious. I got to send you some of those videos. But you'll be like, oh my God, I know someone like that. Have you seen um, him do a call center one? That's just funny. The call, oh, okay. So you know who I'm talking about, right? <laughs> hey, why hey, why don't you call me no more? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, like you just it's just so it makes me laugh because you literally know somebody like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when we get a little animated, you and you and I, we we we're kind of like that too. So oh, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's just funny, and uh, it's kind of nice to see that they're really uh, reaching out to um, just other Hispanic actors, comedians, and stuff, and just like representing. Um, it's fun, dude. It's it, it's comedy. Um, that that's pretty much it in the first episode. Again, it's just a just a fun show. It reminds me of like Dave Atlanta, but like Hispanic, more comedian, not more comedic, not as serious. Um, but hey, who knows? There is some uh, obviously some learning moments for, for these characters. And yeah. that's, that's what you like to see. Right. So. I, don't know. I love the humor in that show. Like I've laughed pretty hard watching it. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Um, I just like Luis. Cause uh, I, I grew up watching him on YouTube as creeper. Uh, 
I Cholo. love you. the Cholo workouts. Is that what you're gonna yeah. say? Yeah, the Cholo workouts. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty funny. So I have one that I watched without you. I actually have a few that I watched without you. So one, I'm gonna go through a quick uh, Pride and Prejudice. I finally saw it for the first time. Watched it. Oh, yeah, yeah. First time I watched it. Um, it is surprisingly, I guess not surprisingly. It's Jane Austen, right? But I thought they would probably adapt the script a little more. No, it's still pretty heavy vocabulary as you're going through. Like you have to pay attention to their conversation because they this came out what like in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I remember watching it uh, long Kira time Knightley. ago. Huh? Kira Knightley. Yeah, I, dude, I think so. I think I was like in and out of it because like I was interested but not interested. I don't know, man. I was probably doing some other shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got some things. I think uh, it doesn't develop. It doesn't develop the. To me, it doesn't develop the romance as well as I would expect. Uh, strangely enough. You see how they start liking each other, but it's like they go from I like you to I love you. Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. So that I found interesting. I guess I couldn't connect with that like in a modern sense, but back then I guess that's how things were, right? Because it's all about matchmaking and like getting set up with somebody and living a life. And a lot of it talks about like the value of a woman. Yeah. Sometimes, and that's kind of interesting, right? So uh, I will I will say this before you go on like like you hit on the spot like how they just like they like each other and all of a sudden they're like super in love with each other I like how the movie Frozen kind of made fun of that oh, yeah. yeah yeah so uh, anyways continue that's a guy you just met yeah <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely right like that's hard to it's hard to wrap your mind around and um, so I've been watching some of these shows with Gabby right. And well, shows and movies, right? And comparing it to the Bridgerton spinoff, The Queen, they develop the love over eight episodes. Right and Prejudice, I think, could have done something like I, I mean, I don't know how the book goes. If it's exactly like the book, then it is exactly like the book. That's a classic. Who am I to say? I just think a development of that plot line would have been a little bit better. Uh, overall, I'd give it like a 6.3. I would watch it, I wouldn't mind it. Do I think there are better romantic films? Absolutely. Uh, but I didn't hate it. And weirdly enough, uh, Tom Wamsgams is the main the main squeeze, Mr. Darcy, in it. So every time I looked at him, I was like, succession. Succession. <laughs> Wait, that's him? Yeah, yeah. Wamsgams. That's uh, – what, what, what? who does he play? Tom Wamsgams? Yeah. That's his name in the show. I don't know. Well, he, wait, he plays, a, he plays that guy? That's him? Yeah. No way, dude. He looks terrible with a long-haaired wig in that movie too. Pride yeah, and he's like balding, bro. Like it makes. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I, wow. Yeah, yeah. He plays Tom. That's crazy. I'll yeah. tell you what. The female cast is shockingly like stacked. Uh, it's got Kira Knightley. It's got the the actress from Gone Girl. It's got the actress oh. Donnie Darko and in. Oh my gosh. She's also the sister in Into the Wild. I forget her name. And then the one from Drive, Promising Young Woman. See, I know their films. It's just hard to get their names. You got uh, Jordan Gansh is in it. Uh, Rosamund Pike. She's the one from Gone Girl. Mm -hmm. Rosamund Pike. That's right. Thank you. <sighs> yeah, we've got Rosamund Pike. Carrie Mulligan is Promising Young Woman, Drive. Uh, Jenna Malone is the one that comes out in Donnie Darko and Into the Wild. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 nice. Okay, yeah. So they've they've got like a large number of like, oh man, these people are going to be huge later on. They don't know it in this movie, but they're going to be huge later on. Kira Knightley was already big at the time, so that. Um, oh yeah, because she was getting ready to do uh, Pirates of the Caribbean right after that, I think. Wow, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Came out around the same time. Yeah. I'm going to move on into my next one, Secret Invasion. Jason, do you care if this gets spoiled for you? No, but I'm glad. Did you finish watching all of it? I did. Was it was it upsetting about the Super Scroll and all that thing? Because I heard it was pretty upsetting. It wasn't great. It wasn't okay. great. I mean, I see why they did it, but it just feels like they've created another Superman problem like they had with Captain Marvel, and what are we going to do with her? Um. All right, so I'm going to go through some of it. I talked a little bit about Secret Invasions episode, Invasion Episodes 1 and 2 
the last time we spoke on it. So I'm going to go through three, four, five, and six. First off, one of the main issues I had is at the end of episode three, Gaia gets shot and killed. And the daughter. Of, the daughter of um, Ta Talos. Talos, there you are. The very beginning of episode four, she comes back to life because it turns out she secretly gave herself superpowers. So she is a super scroll. We don't know how super she is, but she's a super scroll. What, what, do, you, what do you mean she secretly gave herself superpowers? So they get they take you through a, a flashback in that episode to see that she, in fact, did do the experiment on herself, too. Oh, okay. All right. And I'm going to come back to this because I, I have an issue with that. Okay. Uh, Talos, by the end of episode four, in a battle to save the president, uh, gets shot and actually dies. He actually dies. There's an actual death there uh, of a character that is not as big or important as we thought, as just any other characters in the Marvel Universe right now. Gravik is, in fact, trying to make super scrolls. Rhodey turns out to be uh, Captain Ro or Colonel Rhodes, turns out to be a scroll. Uh, and he is actively working to destroy Nick Fury and help Gravik take over the world. Olivia Coleman as Sonia Fallsworth is probably one of the shining uh, ex exemptions from the critique I'm going to have of this show. Because every time she's on screen, she is a lot of fun to watch. She stays in character the whole time. And it's, it's a great time to watch her. Oh yeah, dude. She's uh she's the one in from Bear, the Bear, and uh, other bunch of other stuff. She's a phenomenal actress. She also got an Oscar for her role in The Favorite. Uh, her yeah. acting was great. The graphic actor in the finale does a pretty good job. He's doing his bad guy monologue, right? Uh, it's over the top, but it it works out as usual. There's this long bad guy monologue that allows the good guy to to get to get the upper hand. Um. I had an issue with it, right? Because Gravik is talking to Sam Jackson's character, Nick Fury, and it turns out to be Gaia once again. And he gives himself the superpowers of every Avenger and every bad guy that was also at the Battle of Earth because they harvested all of their DNA. So him and her both have those powers because they were in the chamber together and there's this long final Wait, battle. so they have all the powers from everyone from the Battle of Earth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Does that happen in Secret Wars? It does. It does, right? No. Okay. Secret Invasion. Not that I know of. Secret Invasion. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, not that I know of. The Super Scrolls were, uh, or Super Scroll. I don't know if there's multiple. We'll have to talk to our comic book expert. Had the powers of the Fantastic Four. There's four. So that was an interesting take. So you're saying they have Thor's powers? They have. Iron Man's powers, the Hulk's powers. Uh, yeah, I mean, Iron Man. Which battle of Earth are we talking about? The first one, the battle in New York, or like the main, main battle? Endgame. Endgame battle. So then you got Spider Man's powers. You got Captain Marvel's powers. You got. They have Captain Marvel's power. What, dude? What? Yeah. Uh, that's too much, man. Yeah, that's like a. That's too much. That's a Superman problem, right? Like, I, uh, I, I didn't understand it. And. Another issue I had, right, was Sam Jackson's wife in episode four is supposedly an agent for Gravik, but then they go and turn that around again and like, oh, no, she's not going to turn on him after all. There's no stakes in this espionage show. They build it as this show where so much is going to change. You can't trust anybody, but then there's no real stakes in it. Yeah, where there's like stakes, right? Like every little thing, like is like, oh shit, you can't trust these people. But like, oh, they're not gonna turn on you after all. Yeah, they they explain it all away. Gaia doesn't die. Fury's wife makes the good choice. Rhodey doesn't die either. They find him at the end. They find him at the end, tied in one of those things where they're harvesting his uh, memories. Nobody died. Nobody. There was no real stakes there except for Tylos and uh, Maria Hill who died. That's it. Robin Shabowski. They're minor characters. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Robin is not a minor minor character, bro. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Marvel, she is. Um, yeah, yeah. So 
after the final battle, you see Gaia and Sonya actually make a deal and they find this room with a bunch of humans being harvested for something. We don't know what that is. We'll come back to you guys on that one. Um, it's It was just, I think a lot of the choices made the show cheap and pointless to me. And it just felt like a, a cop-out. The whole show felt like a cop-out. I wouldn't watch it again. It was that frustrating. It felt yeah, like everybody like was kind of just delivering their lines. I don't think they fully believed in the show. The, there were a few people that were really trying, like Gravix actor, Olivia Coleman. Sometimes I even felt like Sam Jackson was just like, it is what it is. But Sam Jackson, I mean, he does a good job wherever he's going. Amelia Clark had moments where I was like, you're, you're just, uh, you're telegraphing some of these, but it's fine. I can see, I can see that you see the script isn't amazing. I mean, um, Sam Jackson made Snakes on a Plane fucking awesome. So, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> and see, this is what, this is why I brought up like, this has the age of superheroes come to an end because Marvel has an inability to grow. This show doesn't feel any different from the other Marvel shows. It still has no real stakes. They're not willing to take chances. The movies and the shows are starting to feel the same. It all feels the same except for a few exceptions. But the, the formula is starting to get old. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, hey, let, let's move on. Let's move on to Loki season two. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited for that. Let's hope that we get something better out of that one. Uh, I'm going to talk one more that you haven't seen, Jason. So I'm going to go ahead and say I saw Haunted Mansion. I'm going to give it a 5.0. Does that mean it's a bad movie? No. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> it is, it's, it's in the middle. <laughs> it's a movie. I, I wouldn't recommend you watch it uh, unless it's on Disney Plus and you just like you like ghosts. You know what I mean? Like you like horror or you like the actors. Hold on. Be, be, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was going to ask, how was, uh, how'd you like Lakeith Stanfield? So there's a scene where he's crying about the death of his wife. And maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I did not believe a single tear. He didn't actually sound sad. He wasn't making me believe the scene at all. And I know the man can act. I've seen him in other films and he can act. And throughout the rest of this movie, he does a very good job. But there was a crying scene with him where I was just like, oh, you don't believe in this script. I feel I feel, it. I feel that you don't believe in this script because I can see it in your performance. Man. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the movie, he's fun to watch. You root for him. Uh, he's really cool, right? Like he gives off these cool vibes. I think this will be one of those, uh, I say this about a lot of movies, but I, I really do think this will be one of those movies where kids that grew up with it are going to fucking love it. They're going to love it, right? Like the way we love Jumanji, they're going to love Haunted Mansion. Um, I don't think it'll be as big as Jumanji was, but it they're going to like Haunted Mansion like the people liked Haunted Mansion with uh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, God. I heard that movie trash so I don't, I yeah mean, it was but like uh some people like it they still like watch it every year for halloween that's true it is a it is a halloween movie uh i will say uh rosario dawson did solid uh not not gonna not gonna lie though nothing special there she just does she does good uh danny devito though his line reading in this movie like he makes a lot of the movie for me like, he had the best lines that cracked me up uh, so when you do end up watching this movie, I, I think Danny DeVito is the standout. It'll come out by Halloween, right? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking because both Gabby and I were like, why did they release this now? I think they're trying to get it so that it comes out on Disney Plus by Halloween so they can get uh, more subscribers and more views during Halloween. You know what I'm going to watch uh, Halloween season? Hmm. Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night. Yes, I'm definitely going to rewatch that. Yeah. But I'll say it's, it has a lot of, uh, this movie has a lot of aspects of like a murder mystery or a procedural uh, mystery where they're trying to find the pieces to stop the bad guy, right? Stop something terrible from happening. It's a lot of ghosts, a lot of gags, a lot of kid horror. It's a feel good movie. And the style of the film is a lot of fun. So even though I give it a five, if you have children, you should go see it. If you don't have children, wait for Disney Plus. 
Will I watch it again? Yes. Katya enjoyed it then, I'm guessing. She enjoyed it, yeah. I mean, as a family, we enjoyed it. Would I have... Would I have been happy if I went in as an adult without a child and paid the money that I paid to watch it? No. Mm, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So Fair let's close. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Twisted Metal, something we've both seen the first epi- first two episodes of. Jason, I want you to take it away on this one. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of glad I watched the first two instead of just the first one. We were planning on just speaking about the first one. And if we were going to be just speaking about the first one, I probably would have been very negative about it. <laughs> um, but the second one, I I see where they're going with it. And I was like, hell yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm invested. Um, you didn't play the games, right? Okay. Yeah. So they did uh, just like any other movie with that's based off a of video game. They did. A, they showed a lot of little stuff um, that you know, that's related to the games and stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. The character car is the game. What's up? At one point on the windshield of his car, like the game just hits his windshield. Yeah. The PlayStation. PlayStation metal. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That, that one little homage, uh, the character itself, Anthony played by Anthony Mackie, John Doe. He's actually a playable character in twisted metal. What? Really? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, his storyline is trying to figure out who he is because he can't remember who he is. Um, so it's kind of playing onto that. So that's really cool. Um, that also the the cop, he's actually a playable character as well. Uh, and he's pretty pretty much the same. Not I wouldn't say the same. You get a little bit more depth in him, so that's kind of cool. Um, so all all that's cool. I the the way that they did the they explained why these cars are needed. And like how shitty cities are shutting themselves off because they're in a, an apocalyptic world. I like that storyline because you need runners. So I like that a lot because in the video games, it didn't really explain that. It was just like, hey, your cars are shooting each other. Um, I think Twisted Metal Black, which is my favorite Twisted Metals, um, was probably my favorite one because they they gave every character a storyline. But they again, they still don't really explain what happens why the world is like this, you know? So I think it's really cool. Um, I'm, I was kind of upset that it didn't go into like the twisted metal black version of things. I think it still can. Um, but it, it, it leaned in a little bit more on the comedic side. And I thought I was going to be a little upset about that, but I'm not, I'm really not the acting in the first episode. I thought was pretty trash. Uh, but the set in the second episode way better. Um, will Arnett as uh sweet, as sweet tooth, stole the show for me dude i hope he continues to be a part of the show because that was my favorite part dude uh i mean that's part of the reason why i named our episode the way it was you know she got dumps like a truck 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 guys like what 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 baby move your butt but but i think i seen it again uh the thong song part dude that shit had me cracking up and just him performing for them like and you just see him psychotic bro because sweet tooth is psychotic uh, he's a psychotic serial killer, but like, you're not really scared of him. Um, but he's also terrifying. It's so weird. I, I mean, that's what I felt. Um, I mean, it's so campy that you don't really feel the fear, right? Yeah, yeah. This is why I think they leaned into the comedy so much, right? Like watching this show, you're like, there's no way they could have made this serious. If they tried to make it serious, it would have felt, it would have felt like a weird crossover between like. You know, Fast and Furious and... Meets Hunger Games. Yeah, and it just wasn't going to... It wasn't going to hit. It wasn't going to hit for me. So yeah. I'm glad we leaned into the comedy and the ridiculousness of all of it. Uh, I think I think the characters are fun and you want to see more of them. Um, also, uh, uh, Beatrice... Um, damn it. It's something Beatrice. Uh, she's the one that plays Rosa in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I haven't seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, okay. So she plays the main character in Encanto, the Pixar movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's the one that voices the uh, the main character. Uh, that's her. Uh, Quiet. Her name's Quiet, right? Stephanie Beatrice. Yeah. Stephanie Beatrice. Yep. <coughs> she comes out in. Um, doesn't she come out in Into the Heights? Oh, the what? Heights. Yeah, she yeah. comes out Into the Heights. She's the main character in Encanto, and she plays Rosa in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay, okay. For some reason, I thought she was in Orange is the New Black. I think so. Yeah. 
Uh, very nice. Yeah, she she's a good addition. I think them building these over-the-top characters, like the cop character, Sweet Tooth, John Doe, it's fun to see, like, oh, you could tell these were characters in the game. You know what I mean? Like, and the, they're sticking to that. They're using a lot of fun weapons. It's a fun show. I'm, I'm definitely interested in finishing the rest of the season and seeing where it goes. It's not too much to think about, guys. It's not prestige TV. So you don't have to be there just watching every second of the show because that's not, that's not what it's for. It's not what it's for. So it's definitely it's keeping me entertained. I'm enjoying it. I came in blind since I hadn't seen it. I actually really enjoyed Anthony Mackie's character. Um, and the writers are the guys that did Deadpool and Zombieland. So they're still coming out with some good jokes. And the gore is surprising. The, <laughs> I didn't know the game was so gory. Oh yeah, dude, it, it, it's very gory. So that that's cool, but it's like not too intense. No, especially for this show, it's not that intense. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do like that they added in the gore because you know the game again. You're shooting other cards, you're killing each other. So I'm glad that they did that, and especially obviously for Sweet Tooth, he's a serial killer, and um, you see a little bit horror aspect of it. So that's pretty cool. Um, now that now that I think about it, dude, it does really feel like a Zombie Land type of a vibe to it, uh, which uh, I, I love. Zom the first one. Second one was not bad, but like wasn't great. <laughs> it was it was the first one again, so that was yeah. yeah there's ups and downs to that. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. What else? What else we got, Jason? I know we talked a little twisted metal. We want to keep the audiences up on what's out and how it's going. So what's next? So we talked about Invincible, the cartoon series coming out November second this year, mm -hmm. season two. Uh, we did get. We talked about a little prequel episode just to get us excited for season two uh, to come out and it was a kind of a spinoff following adam eve's character and pretty much her um what's it called uh for a superhero's storyline origin yeah so we get her origin story pretty much is what this episode was about uh an hour-long episode and uh it just made me excited for season two man it was really good and her story is fantastic. I mean, starting with the opening battle, first off, I love seeing all the heroes that Omni-Man killed in the first Destroyed. season. Destroyed. <laughs> because I feel like I wanted to see more of them, and we just we lose them right at the start. Except for the one guy that gets brought back, which I'm hoping they, get, they bring him back again, because that character was cool. Um, her parents, her parents, right? Not great parents. The whole time I'm wondering, like, man, they don't really accept her even from the jump when they think she's their daughter, especially the father. The mother's, like, trying, right? She's got the love, but the father has no patience. I mean, he's very clearly thinks she's a freak, not into it. Uh, she's all she's already got the entire periodic table, like, memorized in her mind, like, from birth because like, of the experiments they did yeah. to make her. Um, her discovery of her powers is a lot of fun. Very sad, right? She loses the one friend she had uh, because she becomes afraid of her. And you would imagine in a world with superheroes that that could happen, right? Superheroes and villains. Uh, I, I got to give a shout out. So they put a song in there that I remember hearing in high school called Decepticon, Decepticon by Le Tigre. Great sequence where she first gets her powers and she's zooming through the city. Fine, uh, yeah. yeah. The song works perfectly. Uh, took me back to my teen years as well, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I found it hilarious that they called her a Powerpuff Girl. That was cool. Like, what is she, a Powerpuff Girl? Yeah, because she's still in her preteens, right? She's not the Adam Eve we know in season one. Uh -huh. She's still very young. So, and then when she finds out she's adopted, she's like, "Man, that would explain a lot." You're like, "Yeah, yeah. That would. <laughs> uh, the U.S. government made her right. She comes to all these realizations, and without having any time to think about it." She finds out that she has siblings because they are trying to kill her in the final fight sequence of the show. And it is depressing to watch. Not only does she get beat down a little bit, she wins the fight, but it's not a happy win. See, so I was confused um, when they were like, yeah, you're phase one, I'm phase two, phase three, phase four, right? Phase five. I was like, that makes no sense. Like if these were like, the product and he's saying sister, but the mother died. Like I was kind of confused. Like, were you guys born before or were, 
so wouldn't she technically be phase five because she's the perfect product at the end? I was really confused about that. Well, um, she was phase one because the doctor only experimented. That doctor that becomes like a bum? Yes. He he only well, was there with her, and you find out that the mom has been like. Exactly. Well, so I didn't know that the mom was still alive. So like, why are they talking about sisters? And it wasn't until they showed that she was still being used just to pretty much as a fucking womb holder, pretty much, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I was like, Oh shit. They, she, they kept her alive. They were like, those are really her brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's even more depressing. I was like, I was like, fuck, that's deep. Yeah, and for them, for her to just watch them disintegrate. It's, I mean, in invincible fashion, only in invincible, would you see some crazy shit like that? I just, this world is so messed up. See, this is the kind of superhero stuff that they're going to have to start working with. They're going to have to go into more niche things to just bring out some better stories. I'm sorry. I know that it's it's not as family-friendly, but you can make family-friendly kids shows, and you can make these. Uh, just to switch up the storylines, we're not going to watch the same thing over and over. So this Adam Eve special was a great primer before uh, we get season two of Invincible in November. Yeah, I'm excited. I think uh, I feel like Invincible kind of just reminds me of like DC animation films and shows and stuff. Like, I think that's how good it is. Um, Definitely. And it feels like a cartoon version of The Boys, too, which another. Animal. Yeah, which is <laughs> another good take on superheroes. Right. Yeah. Uh, they give it a twist. They don't give you the same old story. So I definitely can't wait to see more of that. Uh, anything else you wanted to add, Jason? Uh, no, man. It was just, again, I just, I'm really excited for it now. Um, I kind of feel like I need to go back and watch season one all over again. Um, very short episodes too, which I think I can do. Cause I'm like, now I want to go back and just watch all the interactions with Adam Eve. Um, see, see what her power could do. Cause if you really think about her powers are pretty intense. I didn't see that in season one. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know that they've shown her full, her full breadth of power yet. Yeah, I feel like I was like that she could, in fact, like theoretically, she could take Omni Man apart. Yeah, dude, she can manipulate metals and stuff, and she was able to erase people's minds with her powers. She wasn't able to change, so she has the ability to change atoms and electrons and all this stuff. To shapeshift anything, any any particle except anim- any living beings, pretty much. But then she was able to erase the minds of those the the two scientists that were trying it. So I'm like, well, the doctor that experimented on her said he did a fail safe with her to where she couldn't do that, and she broke through it somehow. You don't know exactly. how. We need an explanation for that. That's a bit of a plot hole that we don't. That's it's probably a teaser for us. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, in season one of Invincible, there was a lot of plot holes. I mean, I wouldn't say plot holes, but like a lot of holes that we didn't fill. But at the very end of season one, it showed that like, hey, we didn't forget about this. We're going to finish it. And it's going to bring that back up in season two. God, I hope Do you we, remember that? Yeah, I hope we get some answers to this one pretty quickly because I definitely want to know how she did that and if she's going to be able to tap into that power again. Because she could be the key to taking out Omni-Man if she's fast enough like if they don't if he doesn't rip her apart first but i guess that would be invincible's job to keep him at bay i think she's gonna be a very important character in season two because they wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for it but also the show (laughs) i mean they kill the 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 guardians of the globe pretty fast you know (laughs) immediately immediately in the most shocking fashion i i can think of that was that first episode just threw me for a loop. I was like, what just happened? And I already thought Immortal is going to be like my favorite character on the show. He's not. A, well, I mean, he does come back, so maybe he is immortal. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we get uh, Steven Yuen, uh, as character Mark Grayson, where he's at. Because like, oh, what is Mark Grayson doing at this time when the, um, Adam Eve is doing this? He's a little kid. He knows he's already a superhero. Like he might be a superhero, maybe um, living a good life. Complete opposite, you know? Yeah, I know. You you watch him and you're like, man, you were sheltered. 
sheltered. Again. But now, like, after season one, like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, after season one, you really got you really got to see the world. Oh, but all right. I think that's going to do it for us, Jason. Yeah. All right, guys. We got a, a quick one for you. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We wanted to catch you up on some of the TV. We know there's tons of TV out. We still want to get to you guys with some more shows like The Witcher and all that. We will catch up. I will catch up to those for you uh, and give you some reviews. Uh, yeah. We're, um, uh, sorry, Luigi. Yeah. Uh, maybe give us some recommendations of what you want us to watch so we can talk about it. Uh, if there's something that you guys really find exciting that you might want us to talk about, let us know and we'll let you know our thoughts on it too. Absolutely. Any shout outs, Jason? Uh, shout out to my family, my sister that's coming uh, this weekend for our cousin's graduation party. Uh, she finished. She's finishing up her physician assistant school. So I don't know if she's going to be a physician assistant after this officially or there's still some more, but maybe she finished her master's. I have no idea, but hey, super proud of my cousin, Tina. Shout out to her. Yeah. yeah. And uh, her husband just finished, just got approved to go into dentistry school. He's going to be a dentist. Ooh. So, Moving, yeah. on up. Moving on up. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to them. So I get to see my family because we're having a graduation party for that. So I'm excited about that. Shout out, Jamie. Always holding it down. Love you. And uh, that that's it for me, dog. What about you? Just shout out to all the viewers. Obviously, shout out to Gabby holding it down for me as well. Uh, shout out to the viewers. Thank you guys for always being around and being patient with us. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you guys next week for another episode of Revenge of the Pot. Peace out, guys.